Welcome back, everybody. I am really excited. That, again, I know you hear me say that often, but I'm really excited to speak to uh, all sorts of uh, all sorts of people from all sorts of backgrounds. And uh, in uh, in you know doing my prep on our next uh, guest, uh, Goya Robles, I got really fascinated because one of the first things that I saw him mention that I'm going to be asking uh, Goya in in a second about is that going to uh, the actor studio. Uh, was somewhat of a spiritual experience. As soon as I read that, I said, "Okay, that's my guy. I want to talk to. I want to talk to Goya." So, uh, welcome to the program, uh, Goya Robles. Um, yeah, thanks. thanks. No, it's it's my pleasure. And thanks for for taking your time. I know this has been a, a long uh, day of work for you, and you're making some time for me after it. I really appreciate it. So, um, when you said that. Again, you kind of uh, you went to the actors, uh, uh, you know, studio, which uh, you know I've I've had three, I think uh, three or four guests on, four guests on from actors uh, studio so far. All of them have been amazing, and uh, thanks to Austin Bases, Austin Urock, I love you, buddy, uh, for uh, for introducing us. Um, but you, when you uh, in one of your interviews, you mentioned that it's kind of been, you know, somewhat of a spiritual experience. I want to dive into that. What uh, was uh, what you would define spiritual about taking acting classes and being there? Well, I think um, I think it's twofold, at least for me. Um, mm -hmm. When I auditioned for the Actors Studio Drama School, um, I was just looking for something to do more than what I was doing. You know. Working at the YMCA at the time, and you know, it felt like a creative, fun thing to explore. But I learned really quick that it was I had taken on way more than I had anticipated, and um, and the art form and the way that it was taught me was very much. Training my senses, enlivening my senses in a way where when I use my imagination, it's more vivid. You know, the smells are more potent, the, 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 the tastes are more, you know, and everything is just enlivened more. And then eventually it started going into like parts of my life, like, you know, it's, in order to tell someone else's story, because that's what we're doing, right? We take these characters, and we're, in a sense, we're, we're acting as a channel for them to, for that character to express its spirit, its psychology in our instrument. And so our job, I learned that it was my job to find a way to release any judgments or any tension that I may have in my body so that I can receive what's to come and and also which creates a deep empathy for the characters that I end up um, playing uh, but then the other thing is a lot so, so many things that I ha had to encounter in these characters right, that were similar to things that I went through or would touch upon things that I went through in my past and, um, you know, that centered around loss or abuse or, or so many different things. And, 
And so uh, between that and, and going to therapy and learning how to process all these things, it was a very spiritual journey for me because I, it was, um, you know, I, I, I had to learn what it was like to heal myself through my craft. And it was not something unexpected. I was not going to acting school thinking, looking for a way to heal past trauma and things that, that have affected me. But it was just a gift to realize that, that oh, now I'm in, I, I have something in my life that I can practice that allows me to touch upon those things and heal uh, different things in, that have happened in my life through my work. So in that sense, I feel like it was a very spiritual, it continues to be a very spiritual process. Yeah, certainly is. And the, again, the, the way you put it of, uh, you know, gaining more empathy for the people that you're playing, uh, not having judgments on them and uh, acting as a channel for somebody else's experience. It is a very spiritual practice. Um, you talk about your past and uh, I want to dive into that a little bit. I've, I've heard you mention before that you know, a lot of the people, you know, that you grew up with, uh, you know, all of, I think you've mentioned, uh, and I don't want to misquote, but it seemed to be that most of them thought that you, you know, would be in jail or you would be uh, uh, not alive at some point and you're still here. Um, why is that? And, uh, how do you use that in order to uh, be that channel uh, for somebody else? Well, there was a there was a time when I was very um, angry, very very angry, and no one know what to do with me. You know, I I started acting out when I was maybe like 13, 14 years old. You know, I, I came from a family like my father left when I was three years old and. And you know, my mom and my stepdad ended up raising me. And you know, they they treated me the same way that their parents treated them. And you know, like you know, when a kid is acting out, you you punish them. You know, and that and that was it. And so, um, so I I used to get. Uh, beat a lot I used to act, I, and I used to act out a lot and they didn't really know what to do with me and it wasn't until you know I got older and I started getting arrested a lot and I was on the street a lot and, you know I got I, and it was I ended up facing some serious uh, jail time and my mom went bankrupt um, paying for a lawyer to, to, to try to get me into like a juvenile facility so, you know, I did, I, I, I got into a juvenile facility. I was there for like 16 months and, um, yeah, and a lot of, so many people in my family and ex extended family thought that, you know, what was the point? You know, I, I wasn't gonna get any better. The place that I was in for 16 months, there were staff members there who felt like I was just gonna be a, a smart criminal and nothing else. And 
And so, you know, I, I've dealt with people who just kind of um, looked at what was on the surface and really just, just saw that I was up to no good in acting out, but didn't really take the time to, I guess, investigate why. Um, and so uh, I, I think I think it was really, it was a challenge for me to even attempt to look at what I was angry about. To be honest, I didn't really start looking at what I was angry about until I went to grad school for acting. Mm -hmm. You know, I, was, I, I knew that I didn't want to get locked up or take, have my freedom taken away after the 16 months in the, the juvenile facility, but that didn't mean I was processing how I felt or what had happened to me, you know? Um, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't until I went to grad school that I, you know, I started touching upon, you know, my, my father's absence since I was three, touching upon all the different types of abuse that happened in the home and uh, having to pretend like, certain people didn't abuse me growing up and having to see them at parties and, you know, having to deal with denial and all these things, you know, which it's told. And I, I, there was a, well, actually growing up, I was always obsessed with the number 24 and 27. And hmm. I don't know why. For some reason, those two numbers always popped up. And I never saw my life past them. And I always used to think by the time I was 24, I was going to be dead. That's what I. That's what I believe as a as a kid. Um, but funny enough, the age twenty four and twenty seven were the three years that I went to acting school, and how where everything changed. Hmm. It's funny how the young works like that sometimes. Yeah. That's, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, and I know our time is uh, is is limited and. Uh, I know Austin is, is very upset at me right now that uh, we're going to do a much shorter interview with you than we did with him or with uh, or with Tim. But um, um, just just the thought, and this is again me, uh, you know, sharing what I think. But uh, there was a time in my life where uh, I don't quite remember which birthday, but I didn't even uh, plan the birthday. There was just something in me that said, "There's no, there's no point. I don't think I am, you know, kind of making it, uh, making it there." And when I started, you know, I'm a spiritual person. I, I believe in, uh, you know, in all sorts of things that the audience already knows, and uh, you know, is looking forward to fast forwarding this part. But um, for me, when I started um, kind of investigating later of what that is i learned again whether you can or not is a different uh, point but i learned that you know as we come into life there are three exit points uh, that we have kind of pre-planned and then at some point you know there is a decision that uh, gets made at the soul level of whether we go or not and i felt very clearly that was that was one of the potential exit points that you know i obviously did not uh, take but I felt it. I felt it with, with my gut. I don't know, you know, if uh, 24, 27 was, you know, potential exit point for you, but 
something to, to kind of uh, think about. But it's very interesting that, you know, when, as you were talking about it, to me, that's what rang out of, well, there was one road and you took a different road. And that time, uh, you know, was obviously a hugely productive and spiritual uh, time for you. And I'm certainly happy that you did. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, okay, and uh, you know, going to uh, to uh, Actors Studio, and I know that you've mentioned in actually every every interview that I've seen you do, you mention you know just how big of an influence Elizabeth Camp was for you, and uh, I know other actors you know are referring to her as well. What was it with working with her that kind of clicked for you and what was it that was so special? She's like my mom. She was just, she just believed in every part of who I am. And she saw all the stuff that happened to me as a gift that I can tap into, and she taught me how to tap into it. And there was a fearlessness in the way that she, well, I don't mean to say fearless, but like just a deep sense of courage in the way that she instilled yeah. in all of us. Like, or it's important to to move through things and to use what happened to you as a way to give that to other people and and she just she I don't know she just believed in me in a way where it never faltered never faltered and and at a time where I needed it most uh, you know. Right to this day, you know, it's been three years since she's passed, and I deeply miss her. Deeply miss her. She was, she was someone who um, just left a mark in my life, and and it was through the work, you know, through through, through acting, and you know, they say that I, I've heard certain people say that your passion is directly correlated to the person who introduced it to you. And yeah. that I completely understand why. Because Elizabeth was was just pure heart, pure soul, and just had an intuition, like a fierce intuition that um, made me show up and respect the work and be on time and you know take things seri seriously take my craft and who i am seriously um yeah 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 um molly again um i'm glad you had that time with her and you had somebody in your life that uh, that believed in you to that uh, to that level it's in incredibly important regardless of what it is that we do to have that um yeah, it's it's sad that she's gone, but yeah, um, you could be that for somebody else. Uh, you know that that may be a part of your journey. Um, 
you you mentioned about uh, passion and you know the person who introduced you uh, you know to it and immediately I thought of my dad. Um, I'm a poet. I know you're a poet. Uh, we we come from two different backgrounds. Uh, you know where I grew up, all the poetry had to rhyme. You know it's the it's the traditional uh, kind of uh, European uh, poetic uh, structures. So you know my dad taught me um, the rhyming game and uh, poetry, and he's a poet. And all of the people around him were poets. Uh, and every party that I've, uh, you know, was uh, was privy to when I was a child, everybody would always, you know, stand up and they would read their toasts in a poetic form. So the first thing that I remember that I wanted to do was do that. And to this day, I'm a poet, and there is, you know, you can trace that directly to my dad of uh, why I'm so passionate about it. So I totally understand that part. Um, how did you uh, get involved uh, in your poetry? Um, I mean, I started writing like, just, it really came from hip hop. You know, I wrote a lot of just different verses. And uh, I remember when I first started rhyming, I wrote this piece, wrote this verse, and I went up to my boy and uh, recited it, and uh, and he goes, "That was garbage." And, <laughs> and he goes, "Because it, it was, you know, it was it was rhyming about like street shit, which you know I was becoming familiar with, and but but he he was just like." You gotta, you gotta be better than that. You gotta rhyme better than that. And and so I went back that week and I wrote, I I, I wrote some super political piece that when I recited it, it blew him away. And that, and it was just such a stark contrast from from what I had originally uh, recited to him. And so. Then I realized, oh, I can, and then I just started rhyming all the time in, in front of friends and people on the street, like, you know, my, all my peoples, and I would get all this encouragement. Um, so that was like the beginning of like my writing and performing, you know, back in 90, between 96 and 1999, around mm -hmm. there. And then in I was a freshman in college. And I started, I think it was 2000. And I, then I started, uh, I got introduced to Def Jam Poetry. Mm -hmm. And I watched like all of the episodes that would come out over and over again, all the different types of poets. And, and, and it inspired me to write this piece because uh, at the time I was going through a breakup and I wrote something and, and people connected to it. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. Uh, for a while, I used to go perform all over the place. My content used to be super socio-political commentary about stuff. Yep. Um, which would do good with the crowd. But after a while, like I started using, I, I, I got into this area where I was just writing deeply personal stuff for a few years. And during that time, I didn't perform at all because it was so personal that I didn't want to. I didn't want to perform it. It was just too much. And 
So that's how, and then I started performing that personal material once I started teaching it. Then when I started teaching it, I, you know, teaching, I, I can't just, that's the thing about being a teacher, like, you gotta be, get uncomfortable and you gotta, just, yeah. all the areas that you're scared and to, you don't want to teach them to be scared. You want to teach them how to own their voice. So, but that's when I started um, owning my own voice. Yeah. Um, I, again, doing doing uh, political writing and doing political poetry, uh, a lot of my poems are political. And uh, as, as a spiritual person to spiritual person, um, what, tore me up is that I had very strong opinions and I expressed them uh, to the best of my ability. And I felt very proud and liberated in having said that. And it created a huge rift among the people who were reading and it created conflict and it created so much uh, destruction around it that I had to reevaluate and then decide who am I? You know, am I the person who uh, uses my talents in order to divide others, or am I the person who uses my talents in order to inspire people to be better and to bring everybody together? And a lot of my poetry that I write, I still have my strong opinions, but I don't post it anymore. I don't publish it because it would create this uh, this negativity. Have you found uh, the same? I know you're an activist, so you probably do a lot more of it than I do. Yeah, I mean, there, there's like, I think you 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 can get away with like deeply political pieces if if there is a personal experience that you can tie to it. That's what I found. I mean, it, it's which has taken me years to find that balance. Um, but it's almost like telling one on yourself, like, right? So I, I, I'm about to release a new piece called Who Am I? Either tomorrow, I think we're gonna release it, drop it tomorrow. Um, and, um, and in the piece, it's, it references race relations in America today, mm -hmm. but from a personal level, you know, like I don't have to look very far. I can look right in my own family, you know, just kind of the contradictions of the fact that there's black and brown in my family, indigenous all over my family. And yet, like racism exists throughout my, throughout my family. Um, and so to be able to use that as a reference point, instead of looking just at the outside and, 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 and I guess play, playing it just to the people that I, I know are going to receive it well, I think that there's something about calling it out within my own life or where it exists that lets the viewer at least have a moment where they can look at it 
and they can reflect. When you see someone else reflecting, hmm. you know, it, it can be an impulse to look back upon your own, even for a moment. You might not continue to do it, but if you witness it, you might do it for a moment, and that's all I need, just a moment. Hmm. So, but yeah, political pieces can be challenging. You know, I, I find that they, they hit harder when, when there is a personal, a personal tale attached to it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I know you're also a boxer, and uh, what was interesting to me is um, how, when I look at boxing, I'm not a boxer. I'm 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 a martial arts enthusiast. Um, but when I look into you know combat and I look into boxing, there are a lot of similarities between uh, boxing and acting, because when you are focusing on somebody that's uh, that's in front of you, and you're paying attention to everything that they're doing in order to properly counter it, there is a lot of you know acting and reacting that's happening, and that is you know has a lot of parallels into what you're doing in a scene or what you should be doing in of your existing in this environment where you're paying very close attention and you're affected by what the other person is doing and i'm wondering again when i when i was reading about you being a boxer i wonder if you utilized some of your you know skills in the ring um, into acting into a scene Well, um, so first of all, I, I, I love to box. I, I, I love just the art form of it. There, there is a, a science behind it. Mm -hmm. because I'm not by any means proclaiming that I'm like this gifted, you know, fighter, right? But I, I do, I do box. Um, five times, four or five times a week, and I and what I've learned is that um, you know, the listening. You gotta listen. Um, don't anticipate. You know, if you anticipate, you know, you're gonna get hurt. Um, you know, and just when you think you got something down. Something else. Yeah. You got. You got to. You got to be relaxed enough to receive something unexpected and be able to respond. And there are a lot of similarities when it comes to acting and boxing that I found along the way, um, and a lot of the. A lot of it translates. Like I've had so many moments where I've been. I'll be training. And I'll be like, yeah, this is literally like my, my trainer will say something that my that Elizabeth may have said or another teacher that I respect has said the exact same thing. Yeah. So you know, in, in it's like a scene, you know, a good scene will have two people playing going back and forth and, and there'll be an unpredictability of the scene. Yeah. So that way I, I feel like it's 
the more we talk about it, the more I think that we need to start adding boxing to uh, to a curriculum in uh, in all of the acting schools because it can really teach people a lot about being in a scene. So acting schools, if you're watching this, please add boxing, uh, uh, at least do a workshop on it because it makes perfect sense to me and, uh, and Goya. Um, and again, kind of um, because because enough time has passed and you you had a chance to kind of uh, uh, deal with what happened before and to uh, use all of those experiences to you know become a much um, much more well-rounded and uh, intuitive human being when the opportunity for get shorty came up and you knew that it's a it's it's a big time opportunity and you're going to be you know, with uh, Chris O'Dowd, you're going to be with Ray Romano. You're going to be in this, uh, you know, <laughs> even the name of the channel, uh, you know, it certainly doesn't help because it's epics. So anything, you know, just the elevating the uh, the expectations. But um, when that came about, I wonder if <clears throat> your training, what you knew of yourself as a person, as an actor, as as a boxer, all of that, came to say, you know what, I'm ready for this challenge, no matter how big kind of uh, it seems uh, as an acting one. Well, I think first off, I was at a point where even before I got the audition, I, I, I was at a point where I was considering trying to make something of a career. Mm -hmm. I was extremely disenchanted with, with a few auditions I got and the ones that I did get. I never felt like I was the type they were looking for. Um, <laughs> so I always felt I was trying to impress a casting director versus like actually trying to go in there and do my thing. And so there is this moment that I heard and it makes a lot more sense in retrospect, you know, like they call it the, can I curse on this? Yes, please. Awesome. It's called the fuck it period. Yeah. Right? So like, when, it's when you stop caring about landing the job, you stop caring about giving the casting director what they're looking for, giving the director what they're looking for. You stop caring about all those things. And that's exactly what happened. I went in there. Um, I was already tired with the fact that I had two part-time jobs and I was hustling like weed oil on the side. I still wasn't making enough money to, no. to pay my bills, pay my stuff. And, and uh, I was tired and angry and sad and just vulnerable and uh, hungry. Um, and all those things played a factor. And I went in there and I did what I wanted to do. I just, it, it literally did exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't care what I thought maybe they were trying to say with the character, I just did my thing. And I, I knocked it out the park. And then I got my callback audition, knocked that one out the park. And then they said that I may have to do a screen test and then they, I, 
then they said, forget it. We don't want you to do a screen test. We're just going to offer you the role, which was like a okay. huge compliment. Yeah. The next part was I got the job. Now I have to deal with the fact that like, oh, yeah, you know, this will doubt and rave model. I'm about to like share the screen with these people. And, and initially I did. It was intimidating at first. Yeah, it was intimidating. And then the beautiful thing that I learned from Elizabeth is ritual, like the importance of ritual. Because ritual allows you to enter into any space with consciousness. There's a huge difference between habit and ritual, right? Like habit, we do without consciousness, we don't think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but ritual is an intention that you set up and you, and you create the space for it. So that's what I would do. I create this ritual. I would relax, drop in to everything that that ritual entails. And so by the end of the ritual, when I showed up on set, I knew that I belonged there. And that's all I needed. I just needed to know that I belonged there. That, yeah, like Chris and Ray, they're, they're these great artists who, who hold their, their place. Um, but I was also there because I deserved to be there. And because of that, I was able to, to do my thing. Yeah. Not only did you do your thing, but you were, your character was supposed to be uh, done in the first season. And they uh, loved it so much that they rewrote uh, to make sure that you continue on in the show. So that's, that's another great compliment uh, and a testament to your work. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, the, the question that I have back to your audition is that, you know, you're in your fuck it stage, you go and you do the audition, everything goes great, then you get the callback. Does it revert back to, oh shit, or are you still able to be in that, I don't care, I'm just going to do it? Oh, it, I mean, again, ritual, right? So our ritual to like relaxation is everything. Relaxation isn't just about, you know, yeah. you got to practice relaxation before you get the job. It has to be part of your process. So, yeah, yeah I get nervous. I'll deal with all the, actually, I remember when I showed up, first of all, I do all the work that I need to do on the side. So when I'm there, I don't have to look at the sides. My whole the whole time I'm there, it's all about relaxation. But yeah, I would get all there. There were times where like these thoughts would slip in, where I thought I wasn't good enough, or like these other people look like they're like the part more than I do. And so instead of me being the victim of my thoughts, I made it everybody else's fault in the room that I was that those thoughts were happening. And so then I started getting upset at them, having like this attitude towards them in my own space you know I, I wouldn't disrespect them but like i would just use it to my advantage so that by the time i was in the room i thought i was better than everybody <laughs> I thought, you know and it worked for what i was doing and uh yeah it was perfect because you had to bark out orders and you're you're pretty high within the organization so uh it actually made a lot of sense so it was good use using it was uh, was the right choice i like it um if uh, if you had a chance to go back and uh, and talk to uh, your younger self, you know, um, 
and give one piece of advice from now your vantage point at this point in your life, what would that be? That that it's all that it's going to work out. You don't have to be so angry. Who you are was always meant to shine. So that's probably what I would say. That's great advice. Um, Well, Goya, thank you so much for coming on. Maybe in the future we'll uh, we'll make some more time and have additional conversations because I want to talk to you and I have a lot more questions to ask you. But it's uh, it's been a pleasure and just in this conversation alone, I've uh, you, you saw me. I've been taking down notes of things that I'm going to start applying into uh, into my life. So I really appreciate you coming up. Thank you, boss. Uh, I'm happy I took the time. Uh, yeah, we'll link up another time for sure. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We know you love acting as much as we do. And that's why we do this for you. Thank you.